What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. I didn't even realize I didn't have confidence in myself, like true confidence. If someone tells you that you're ugly, you don't think that's bullying, and you just kind of go along with it. And when I joined wrestling, there was nobody that was telling me that. They told me, be bold, be powerful, go and use your strength, use your gifts. And like, that was incredible. This is the Reform Sports Project, a podcast about restoring healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. Hi, this is Nick Bonacore from the Reform Sports Project podcast. Today's episode is extra special as it's our 52nd episode, meaning we've hit the one year mark. I want to thank everyone on the Reform Sports Project podcast team, each of our amazing guests and all of our supporters, listeners, and advocates. Reforming youth sports has long been a passion of mine, and I appreciate each and every one of you joining the cause and pushing for a better future for our kids. Thank you all, and we're just getting started. For today's episode, I'm speaking with Tamara Mensah-Stock, who is fresh off her 2022 World Championship win in Belgrade. Tamara is one of, if not the most dominant wrestlers, heck, even athletes, in the world right now. She made history at the 2020 Tokyo Olympics, becoming the first black woman to win Olympic gold in freestyle wrestling. She continued her dominance in her recent World Championship win and didn't drop a single point outscoring the field 36 to nothing. In addition to being a formidable competitor on the mat, she's also a fierce advocate for growing the sport of women's wrestling, promoting anti-bullying, and helping kids develop confidence and inner strength. Tamara and I discussed the importance of finding a supportive community to overcome bullying, how a positive mindset helped her achieve success on the Olympic stage, and the power of learning from adversity. Man, I am super pumped up. Once again, I got another just phenomenal guest. I think everybody saw her viral clip right after the Tokyo Games when she won gold and just kind of won the hearts of the country. And I'm just super pumped to dig in with her. I've heard so many great things. Tamara Mensa-Stock, gold medalist, thank you so much for hopping on. Thank you for having me, Nick. I greatly appreciate it. Well, you are welcome. And thank you. I can't wait to dig in. I've heard so many great things. I want to 
I want to start right here because I kind of did some digging, kind of looked into your background, such as far as your athletic background. And what really fascinates me is, as we just talked a little bit offline is, you know, I never wrestled a day in my life, but my sons got into it. We introduced them to the sport at like 10 years old. And, and I, I immediately fell in love with the sport. I mean, I am borderline obsessed, but in a way that I think it does so many wonderful things for kids. I think unlike other sports, I have a baseball background, as many of the audience know, it's easy to blame the ball. It's easy to blame the coach, easy to blame the umpire. When you hold kids accountable to their you know, word and action, such a great sport to teach kids life lessons on. And coming back around, I've, I've learned that you didn't start the sport till later on in life, right? You didn't start till you were like in high school. Can you tell me a little bit about your athletic journey and kind of what brought you into the sport? Yeah, definitely. And I would 100% have to agree, like, you can't blame it on a ball or a teammate, right? Like, it holds you a 1000% accountable. Like, if you didn't pull the trigger, it's because you didn't pull the trigger. <laughs> oh, it just makes you look in a fat mirror. But it's, it's pretty exciting. But um, I started my journey in wrestling when I was 15, sophomore in high school. But I was initially in track and field. And I started that when I was in middle school and I um, went all the way through high school up until senior year where I finally made the decision to quit and just focus solely on wrestling. But it was it was a hard decision, but um, track and field is where I started. That's where I, I mean, I guess I got my athleticism from my parents and God, right? But that's where I honed in on my athleticism was track and field. You know, all that coordination that you have to do when you're jumping into a sand pit, however sweaty and dirty it may get you. Holy smoke. So let me ask you this question. When you, uh, when you think about your, you know, because uh, if I'm not mistaken, there's some, was there some bullying that took place that, that kind of led you down to kind of go into wrestling? Um, it did. I was bullied. Ugh. I hate this story, <laughs> but um, I was bullied in um, middle school by a teammate in track and field, and I thought it sucks when you think that somebody's your friend and um, they're really not, and they just kind of use all that information. You confide in with them uh, against you just to make themselves look cool, but yeah, that happened in middle school, then high school, thought it was over with, but turns out in track and field, I was still bullied by several teammates. Not everybody. I still had, you know, a few, a few people that, you know, love me for me. But yeah. Um, yeah, I was bullied in high school as well. And uh, when I joined the wrestling team, actually, um, my twin sister had convinced me to join it. And it wasn't because of the bullying. It was just um, she was told by the coaches that they needed some athletic people to join their team. And she was like, I know exactly the girl that fits that description. And she's in my household. And she's my twin. So that's, that's how that started up. But when I was on the team of wrestling, when I finally did make the team, there was somebody in the same weight class as me. And, uh, well, I, I guess I was in the weight class of somebody else and she had one of her track teammates that bullied me excessively. Um, so I guess try to convince me to quit the team. She like shoved me against the lockers in the track room, Jeez. told me to quit or else. And, uh, man, this girl was bigger than me. <laughs> I was like, what the freak? I'm like, I'm not quitting. <laughs> and, um, the coaches of wrestling actually heard about it and me being soft-spoken back then, I was like, no, nothing happened. They're like, tell us what happened. We heard about it. And I was like, no, nah, it's fine. It's whatever. 
And a few months later, probably even weeks later, that girl who convinced her, um, who convinced my track teammate to, you know, course me into quitting, she ended up quitting the team altogether for wrestling. And then everybody else is cool. (laughs) It's wild, but I feel like so many kids can probably relate to that. I mean, I got six kids and I mean, you know, part of it being a teenager, no one wants to hear about it as far as uh, bullying. It's, it's, those are terrible. So, but I mean, when you're at those ages, you know, it's tough, but you found a way to turn that into. So it's like, but not everyone has those outlets, you know, in wrestling, quite frankly, from a female perspective, I hear it's like the fastest growing sport, one of the fastest growing sports in the country. Like, do you think that's going to continue to catch legs and we're going to see more and more, you know, young ladies getting into the sport? Definitely. Because um, I didn't even realize I didn't have confidence in myself, like true confidence. Like when someone tells you that you're ugly, you have like an abnormally big butt, like you dress ugly, like you look funny. You don't think that's bullying and you just kind of go along with it like, Haha, yeah. And like they call you idiot and stupid. Like those things, like they they are detrimental to the soul, the heart and the mind. And when I joined wrestling, There was nobody that was telling me that. They told me, be bold, be powerful, go and use your strength, use your gifts. And I was like, really? Use my gifts? And like, that was incredible. And I think as more women discover that, more young girls discover that, this sport is just going to, oh, I'm I'm glad that there's so many colleges creating um, programs for, for, you know, the young women coming up because this sport is one of the fastest growing like women's wrestling is just imploding and it's fantastic. And I think it's because like so many young girls are like, man, this makes me feel good. What an outlet. And there's, there's more people backing their, their dreams. There's not a lot of people who have that old mindset, that primitive mindset of girls can't do the sport. Yeah. Get out of our room. We're a guy sport. Like, I didn't experience that part. I just experienced women bullying me, not men. Tamara, this right here, what we're going through right now reminds me, as far as the audio connection and all that crap, reminds me of a quote that I heard from Kyle Dake within the last year. At the Olympics, he, he might have not performed or had, you know, finished where he wanted to. And someone, and it was a question, I don't remember exactly the question, but his answer was, it was something about the circumstances, right? Was it not the best... <laughs> circumstances for him to be successful and he his response was and i'm probably not going to get a word for word was was if i need circumstances to be perfect in order for me to have success then i'm not as prepared as i need to be and it's kind of like what you're dealing with rolling with the punches adversity and i feel like the sport of wrestling all athletics teach that but what is so unique about that grit that grind because you played you know multiple sports different sports growing up you know what's the separator from a physical, as well as, you know, the mental standpoint that you developed as a result of going through wrestling? Um, I, I want to go back to what you said about Kyle Day, because I was like snapping to myself, like, ooh, I want to hear that one more time. That was poetic. <laughs> that was so poetic. But, um, I mean, I guess for me, more than anything, it was just that mental maturity. Because, I mean, you know, we always work on that physical aspect, like, you have so many people helping you, like do a bunch of push-ups and sprint, I don't know, a hundred yards five times and miles on miles on miles on miles. Gosh, every wrestler knows that one. All right, 10 miles, go. But um, 
I think the mental was definitely something that, um, yeah, that really just developed on me. Mentally tough. Did I answer that question right? (laughs) Yeah, 100%. And was there like a period in your life going back, you know, where you sample different sports and that kind of led you? Like, what what was it like in your childhood growing up uh, from an athletic standpoint? Oh, um, (laughs) so middle school. I tried out for volleyball because I thought it was like the funnest sport. Like you get to bounce the ball. You were with teammates, right? And when I went to try out, he said that I didn't make the team because I couldn't die for the ball. But nobody provided knee pads. So why was I going to go die for a ball with my knees scraping against the dang ground? I don't think so. That wasn't going to happen. And then I tried out for basketball. So I was like, yeah, my mom was in basketball. I got this. I can do this without practice, right? So yeah. I, try, I tried out for that. And, again, I was denied because I couldn't do a layup. I mean, at least they were telling me why I didn't make the team. But it was just kind of disheartening. I was like, oh, man, I can't do a layup. Can you <laughs> All right, fine, w- whatever. But when I went to track and field, and all this is in middle school. And my younger years, uh, there was no kind of sports. Like, there, there was nothing. It was just us being kids. So all my developmental, um, all that time frame, it was in middle school where I was developing all my athleticism. But um, I went to track and field, and I was immediately told that I was a natural and that I could do it. And um, I went in for pole vault. Oh, gosh, scare, scariest sport to me by far. <laughs> Can't do it. I tried, and every time I stuck that stick in a hole, I screamed. <laughs> it was horrible. It's horrible. Like my daughter pole vaults. That's interesting. And it's so scary. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I tried to try to try to like maybe maybe it's just the wrong pole. I'm like, nah, I just can't. I, I can't. I, I cannot trust an inanimate object to lift me and not throw me off to the left or right. Like what makes you so sure that I'm going to land on this pad? You're not sure. So that's when I went in for triple and long jump. And um, yeah, I was naturally gifted sprinter, naturally gifted. It was encouraging to have somebody tell me I was naturally gifted in this sport and I had fun and I made friends. We had a good time, and it was nice just being in a community of girls that I could just talk to, laugh with, you know, just be myself with. And, yeah, that was in, it was incredible. It was fun. So one sport fed the other. And, and, and at the end of the day, playing all of those different sports and having that experience, did that help make you feel more, like, prepared when it was time to get on the mat, not till like, 10th grade? Yes. So odd thing is I got on the wrestling mat, and I was – automatically gifted like it was uncanny and people didn't understand why and then when I would tell them oh well I was in track and field and all of them would go oh yeah that's why were you a sprinter like (laughs) yeah I was a sprinter and a a jumper they're like oh well there it is like you were already working on your explosiveness which tied into double legs you know I just powered through people and that sprinter stance again was tied into the double leg and just all that driving motion that's needed for um, all the takedowns that I was able to do. I really only had two moves throughout high school, but I'd still try. But it was just, it definitely helped me simply because like I already had the, what is it called? Like the fast uh, step. 
not fast step, but the fast twitch yeah, yeah, were already yeah, yeah, the fast twitch. Yeah. Yeah, the fast twitch muscles were already developed in me. And so I was just, yeah, able to pick up wrestling just quickly. And I, I know it was because I was already an athlete. It just came second nature to you. And at the end of the day, like in the environment today with wrestling, I see it all the time, you know, with weight cutting, you know, especially, you know, go, I grew, I'm living in North Carolina. So my kids have gone to super 32 and my son will be looking to go, you know, this coming, I think it's in October, but like big national tournaments at times, you see kids really sucking. I mean, what are you, what, you know, but then I have to interview, you know, Jaden Cox, Ben Aspirin. I mean, of course there's a, there's an element of staying healthy, eating right, making sure you're fit, you know, and most competitive. But at the end of the day, at those younger ages, I've never heard anyone really come out and advocate for, yeah, kids should suck weight and try to get as strong as possible at the smallest weight to be the most successful at 10. But you go to the, some of these big tournaments and that's what you see parents encouraging kids to do. Like, you know, you're 90 pounds, we got to get down to like 78. You know, what, what are your thoughts on that, on that weight cutting, particularly at those young ages? Because I know it gives the sport a little bit of a black eye at times. It does. And I'll be 100% honest with you and everybody listening. I 100% do not agree with kids cutting weight. Whatever their natural weight is, they should go within five pounds of that, mm-hmm. like it, whether it's higher or lower. I feel that the 40-year-old them is going to be extremely upset that they're, what, they have all these these onset problems in their life. Like, they'll be 40 years old and they'll feel like they're 70 because they mess with their developmental stages in their life. I, I, I don't agree. I don't, I honestly don't agree with cutting weight, period, because it's just bad for you, just putting your body through that much shock. If you feel like you're not strong enough in a weight class, develop those muscles to get stronger or develop the technique to surpass those people that are stronger than you. But don't put yourself, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I will say this. If there is some weight to lose and you, like you're unhealthy, then yes, of course, like maybe, yeah, just lose a little bit of weight. Sure. But that's also the great thing about this sport. Like it just helps children and parents alike to just be aware of the health habits of their kids and make them conscious of what they're putting in their body. Because even if they're kids, they still shouldn't be eating a bunch of hot Cheetos before a match or a week before a match because it's not really um, helping fuel their body. But it's, it's okay to cheat every once in a while. I'm not going to lie. I cheat too. You guys, we're, 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 we're human beings, right? I mean, I get it. It's hard though. I watch my son do it. It's like, I give so much credit to you wrestlers, you know, cause there's such, especially at young ages, man. I mean, I think there's a quote, I believe that you, you, you said, you know, whether you were, you know, heading into the Olympics or I don't know what point, but like so much goes into the sport of wrestling from not only just the physical side, the mental side, but also like we're talking about the diet side. Like it's a lifestyle here. I heard coaches say like, you got to live the lifestyle of a wrestler. It's different. And you said, if I'm not mistaken, that you knew going into Tokyo that you knew you could do it, meaning you knew you could win the gold. Like what made you feel that confident? And what made you feel like, hey, I know I'm going there. It's a business trip and I'm going to get this done. It's funny you ask that. I'm like, ooh, this is right to it, huh? I believe I felt that way because of my previous experiences. In 2016, I won Olympic trials, but I didn't qualify to the weight class. And Nick, that hurt my heart. It Mm. truly hurt my heart. Um, Mm. I felt like my identity was in wrestling. And I was like, ah, I'm not an Olympian. This is the worst ever. And then I was like, hold up. I'm a Christian. I'm a wife. I'm a sister. I'm a daughter. Get that corn out of my face. I know mm-hmm. who I am. However, 
I will not feel this way again, ever. I'm going to give it a thousand percent and I'm going to go in and take what I know is mine. Because when I went to the Olympics in 2016, I was taken as a training partner. Um, I got to watch the entire tournament and I saw my teammates out there just working their butts off. And I was like, what the heck? I could do this. I want to show my athleticism. Dang. And so leading up into 2020, I just kept getting into that mindset of, no, I can do this. Like God's given me so many talents. And there were people in my head just telling me the same thing. Like you have a God-given talent. You can go out there and you can dominate all these girls. And I'd be mm. like, nah, I can't. Wait, yes, I can. Like just back and forth, like between like left, right shoulder, like devil on my shoulder, angel on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. And um, in 2018, there was a match in my semifinals match against a, a girl from France. And I ended up losing that. It was just me not pulling the trigger. And that was another time where I was just peeved off with myself. Like, dang it, you didn't give glory to God. You didn't showcase all the athleticism you have. What the heck was wrong with you? So the next year I was like, no, just go out there and storm through everybody. And whatever happens, happens. But you're going to go out there and you're going to dominate anybody who comes in your way. And once you're done, you'll smile at them. You'll love them. And you'll be like, hey, good match. But once we step in that circle, I don't care what you're complaining about. If you're injured, you step into that circle and you're ready for a fight. And so that was my mindset 2019. COVID hit. And mm. oh, man, I was like, how do I wrestle again? What? Yeah, uh, what's the competition? <laughs> yeah and that, that was rough. And so after that moment passed, I knew we were going to have the Olympics. And once the Olympics were finally around the corner, all I did was go back to that mindset I had before 2019 Worlds where I said, no. I don't care who's in front of me. I'm taking this gold medal. Just because uh, almost a year has passed doesn't mean that mindset has changed. I am hungry and I want to showcase what I've got and what God's given me. And so I went in and I just handled my business. And I honestly, I surprised myself. I was just determined and fired up, just ready to go out there and get it. And I think those talks that I had privately just kind of, came into the light. Like, I, I didn't wish any ill will on people and like wanted to talk smack. I just knew I was going to win because that's what I kept telling myself because I didn't want, I didn't want to lose anymore. I wanted to showcase what I had. That's where that came from. When we come back, Tamira and I discuss the value of a positive mindset and how adversity has helped her become a better version of herself. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome back. Where we left off, Tamira and I were about to talk about the importance of learning from adversity and keeping sports fun for kids. It sounds to me like so much you got from the adversity, you know, and, and, and I talk about this a lot, but it's like, it's like at times parents, we want to, we want to comfort, we want to make, we want to coddle, right? We love our kids and all. I don't want to see them struggle at all. Well, sometimes getting kicked in your rear end or being disappointed, right? Missing out, you know, being told no, um, struggling, failing, you know, losing, like those could all lead to really great successes down the road. If all we do is experience success, success, success without having a little bit of struggle in between, Sometimes we take it for granted. And then when the stakes get higher and someone is actually ready to, to come back at us as hard as we're ready to go at them, we, we might be overwhelmed. It sounds to me like all your adversity, all your struggle was preparing you all along the way. It honestly was because even after 2019, leading all the way up into 2019 world, I was undefeated. And then the first tournament back after I lost in the finals, I was up 8-0 in France or Italy. And... I, I lost to uh, Zhao, and I actually wrestled her at the Olympics uh, a year later, but I lost to her, and it was because I kind of had forgotten who I was, and I was just kind of shy, like, oh, no, everybody's looking out for me. I honestly feel like I got complacent, because when you're up 8-0 in a match for a wrestling match, the likelihood of you winning is, like, dang near 99.9%. All you need is, like, two push-outs, or a takedown. And when I lost, I was like, dang. And my coaches looked at me and they were like, yeah, you, you just kind of, just kind of lost it there. I don't know exactly what happened, but I'm glad I lost because now I'm pissed and I'm going to the Olympics undefeated again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Adversity definitely a thousand percent helped me be a better me, like a thousand percent. It sucked. Adversity sucks. We all know it, right? Oh yeah. It's like, I, I'm a nice person, but I do have anger problems and wrestling is a great outlet. However, when you lose, I'm not gonna lie. I I was throwing chairs around, but only in a back room. I told my coach, excuse me, one moment I shut the door. I went to a dark room and I didn't even know the object. And I was just like, (laughs) and I walked back out and I'm like, all right, let's talk. But sometimes you got to do that. Like, I know what it's like to be that competitive. Like, I played in a baseball program in college where there was no cursing. But every once in a while, I had to go into, like, the bathroom and, like, bite my hand and, you know, have a moment to myself before rejoining the group. And, uh, you know, sometimes it talk about mental health and all these things. Like, sometimes the most toxic thing is not letting it out, right? Not talking to somebody, not getting it off your chest. Um, there's so many ways. I mean, we got to have to do this again. A lot of parents, a lot of kids, coaches and such will listen to this and they're hanging on your every word. Like, what's the best way for you from your experience to to approach, you know, youth sports today? If you can give some feedback to some parents out there about how they should go about what what worked for you. I know we covered it, but like 
you know, take us through for a couple minutes, like what's the best way to approach youth sports today? For young kids in sports, I definitely think this is what I want to do when I have kids. <laughs> but um, what I want to do is not push them into going into anything. If they don't want to do sports all the way up until they're 10 years old, then I'm not going to force them to do sports. My husband was pushed into wrestling, and that grew resentment for the sport. I found him in wrestling, by the grace of God, but he still had a resentment for the sport that even to this day, cannot really be mended. And parents, you don't want to live vicariously through your kid and just force something on them that is, in the long run, they're just going to resent. And it's something that you love. And so what I plan to do with my kids is if they want to be in three different sports, then by golly, let them be in three different sports. And if it's Mm -hmm. not the sport that you want them to be in, then so be it. Like, it's okay. But if they do happen to choose wrestling, Make sure that it's fun for them. Ask them every single day, every other day, hey, how was practice? Hey, what was something funny that you did? There's something that I've been um, working on with my teammates is getting back into the swing of things. And it's telling telling one another something positive that happened Mm. at the end of practice. Not a negative, just a positive. Like, hey, what did you find fun at practice today? Did you learn a move? Like, just, just uplifting them. Because wrestling is hard. There's no doubt about it. Like, don't, don't, don't bring light on the negativity of it, especially with their kids, because they just need to have fun. Like, that, that's the end-all, be-all. And if they're sad about something, tell them, hey, chin up. I know how you feel, but you're going to get them next time. And that's our job as parents is to just lift them up. I, I don't know a kid that functions well that way <laughs> when, when you tell them that they suck and they better do better next time. Like, I don't know a kid that will mentally grow up to, you know, like have confidence sure. in that. So just encourage them and everything that they're doing. And when it comes to making weight for something, as a wrestler, I will say this from experience. When I have to go through an entire night of not drinking or eating because I have to make weight the next day, That just makes me hate wrestling more. I'm an adult, though, so I'm choosing to do that. When you force a kid to do that, that just makes being a kid not fun, and that's going to grow that resentment. So, again, I just say, make sure it's within five pounds. And I don't have kids, so I don't know how, like, their weight works. So maybe it's, like, within three pounds. Just make sure that they're enjoying themselves. Three takeaways. Ask them about something positive. Make sure that you're encouraging them as well. Like you tell, you make them say something positive and you tell them something positive and make sure that they're, they're within like five pounds of whatever weight class they're choosing and just make sure that they get better. They get better. I fucking love it. I cannot wait. We got to follow up with this. I cannot thank you enough to come on. I love following your career. You definitely are off. Your energy is off the charts. And uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on, sharing your feedback, sharing your perspective. Truly honored and humbled to have you on. Thank you for having me, Nick. I love it. Like, this is one thing I know. I'm like, protect your children, please. That's Tamara Mensah-Stock, world-class wrestler, Olympic gold medalist, and two-time world champion. Thanks for listening to the Reform Sports Project podcast. I'm Nick Bonacore, and our goal is to restore a healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. For updates, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or check out our website by searching for the Reform Sports Project. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 